My two favorite services of the year are Mission Sunday, which is what today's about, and baptism. So we get to have those back-to-back. It's pretty cool, huh? Just I'm so blessed. And so blessed to see all of you here. You look beautiful behind your mask. You know? Yeah. I just have confidence behind that mask is some, a smiling face. <laughs> well, uh, I called uh, Jim Butler yesterday, and some of you know Jim, some of you don't, but those of you who know Jim, you know that uh, Jim, uh, he won't mind me saying, he's 57 years old, and he just met his father this week in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we're going to show a picture of that's Jim and his father, and they did not know where each other was till the last few days. And so I called Jim just to congratulate him, and man, he was like, he was so excited. And it just, it just he, he said to me, you know, people, he said, you just want to know where you came from. And uh, I thought about that, and I thought about this day. What is, what is the mission of the church? The mission of the church is to reconnect people with their father, their heavenly father. And we live in a culture right now that the knowledge, I guess you could call the knowledge elite, are telling us that there is no transcendent source of love, otherworldly source, transcendent source. No transcendent source of wisdom, no transcendent source of identity, no transcendent source of salvation. But we know in our hearts that it isn't true. We know that we didn't spontaneously combust, we didn't spontaneously get created. We know we're designed. We know we have a designer. We know we were begotten. We know that in our hearts, and it just not, it's not going to satisfy us that we can totally rely on the inner feelings and the inner voice to be our guide. It doesn't work, but the gospel works. The gospel, Jesus said to his disciples, my, the spirit that's with you will be in you. And so, that's, what is that spirit? You know what he calls that spirit in another place? The spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption, you... You, you are reconnected with your Heavenly Father. Community, Bethany Community Church, we have a threefold purpose. And that we want to explain that to you in the next couple of minutes. One is to receive, receive God's grace. One is to become, and the other is to go. Today is about go, but let me explain quickly receive. Receive, as far as I know, Christianity is the only religion in the world that begins with receiving grace receiving salvation, receiving eternal life. As far as I know, it's the only really, I can't think of another religion in the world that starts with grace. Watchman Nee wrote years ago, Christian life doesn't begin with a big do, it begins with a big dime. It doesn't, we don't work for victory, we work from victory. And the Bible says it this way, what do you have that you did not receive? If then you have received it, why do you boast as though you did not receive it? Then I love John 1.16, out of his fullness we've all received grace in place of grace already given. That's a great verse. In other words, you receive grace and that you receive natural life. Now he says, on top of that, I'm going to give you more grace. Christian life is grace upon top of grace. So at Bethany Community Church, we're grace-based. We believe you come with nothing, and Christ gives you everything. Amen? 
Not only that at Bethany Community, which we believe in becoming, though, also, Romans 8, 28, says we know that God causes everything to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For whom God knew, or foreknew is the King James Bible, uh, for, for God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that the son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You'll often hear that said, and correctly, that God loves you the way you are, but he doesn't intend to leave you the way you are. So we also believe at Bethany Community Church about becoming. So uh, we're going to come alongside you, if you will let us, and we're going to try to help you to become more like Jesus. And I know that some people are going to accuse us of being judgmental and narrow and imposing our values. Well, that's not what we're doing. We're sharing with you a wiser way to live. And it's to become like, and we're sharing with you this grand design that God has your life to make you and me like Jesus. Now, we're, gonna, we're not going to kick you out if you, if you fail because I, you'd have to kick me out first if you kicked us out for failing to be like Jesus. But we're still going to we're still going to work on, on one another, right? The final thing, and the thing that we really want to focus on today, is go. And you don't we don't do these things sequentially. It's not like oh, this year we're going to receive, and next year we're going to become, and then year three we're going to go. Now we do them all all the time. We do them we do them uh, not sequentially, but we do them constantly and together. So go, therefore go, Jesus said, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus made it clear, I want you to go. Uh, There's no postscript to the Christian faith more central to the heart of God than to go and care about people that we don't yet know and care about people that we have not brought into the fold, that we don't participate with God in finding all of his lost children. That's the central to the heart of God. In fact, I, I, I think it's really illustrated in the story of the Good Samaritan. In the story of the Good Samaritan, where we have this hated Samaritan by the Jews who, go, who goes on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho and as he goes down the road he sees a man in the ditch who's been beaten up and robbed and he takes this man, he, he, he pours oil and wine in his wounds, put him, puts him on his donkey, takes him to an inn where he's cared for and he pays the bill and he promises to pay whatever bill is incurred after he leaves. And he's telling this story to a young Jewish lawyer and the Jewish lawyer wasn't necessarily someone who did litigation like we have lawyers today but he's someone who was an expert in what Moses required and Jesus knew that this young lawyer along with the rest of the Jewish nation were missing one of the that they were missing one of the primary things that God required and that is that their nation becoming a become a blessing to all the other nations they were, they were missing that entirely. In fact, you read the story of the Good Samaritan, you see that two leaders of the, of the local church, a local synagogue, a Levite and a priest, walked by the man who was in the ditch. And the hated Samaritan, the one that they hated and despised, the one that they thought was not even allowed in the kingdom of God, uh, he's the one that became the, the, mercy, he, the mercy and grace hero of that story. 
And that's why Jesus told him that story. That's why Jesus made the Samaritan the grace and mercy hero because he was telling that, that, that man, he was telling that Jewish lawyer, that Jewish expert in the law of Moses, he was telling him, if you don't figure out who your neighbor is and start caring about your neighbor, I'm going to give the, 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 the administration of the kingdom for the next phase of the kingdom of God's life on earth, I'm going to give it to the people that you don't even like. I'm going to give it to the, to the Samaritans and I'm going to give it to the Gentiles and they're going to be at the forefront of the kingdom until you figure out how to love your neighbor. Until you figure out that the person you don't know, the person you don't care about, the person you may not even like, the person that you may not agree with their lifestyle, that's your neighbor and that's what I'm sending you to. I didn't just raise you up so you could restore the nation of Israel to Israel and you could restore this little piece of real estate and make it the center of the universe because that's all you really care about. You're so preoccupied with that. You don't even understand that the world out there is broken and I've put Israel on the earth to be a to be a, a, a source of grace. I raised up Abraham to be a blessing to all the nations. That's the message of missions. And I, you know what? I want every church to grow and I want every church to be great, but I don't want any church stealing my blessing of being a grace hero in this community and being a mercy and grace hero in this world. I want to make sure that I figure out when I'm asked the question, who is my neighbor? I want to have demonstrated all week long and the next week who my neighbor is and that is at the core of what Bethany Community Church wants to be. Amen? You're going to hear... From Compassion New England. And that story of the Good Samaritan was the foundational story that caused us to create Compassion New England back during Hurricane Katrina. And I wish I had 20 minutes to tell you that story, but I don't. But it was the core story that, that God spoke to my heart with that story. He said, I want you to go out into the world and I want you to give indiscriminate compassion to the world that you're in. No matter if they agree with you, if they ever come to your church, if they don't come to your church, I want you to start showing compassion because the Bible says Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, and I want to send Bethany Community Church out into the world to do good and heal people who are oppressed of the devil. I want you to be bigger on Monday than you are on Sunday. And that's been the heart of Bethany Community Church. And today you're going to hear about what we're trying to do all over the world, and I hope that you'll pray and ask God to show you how much money, we want your money today, how much money you're going to give because none of that money is going to come to this church and pay any salaries here or pay any electric bills here. It's going to go to reach the world and tell God that we know who our neighbor is. Um, we hear it a lot in mission services. <clears throat> Somebody says something like, you can buy a $3 coffee every day and you can't give to missions. You know, and, and, and I always hate that because it's like, yeah, I can actually do both. But, <laughs> so, but, but, but I think it's one of those things where th there's, a, there's a heart behind it that is important. Because missions is at the core, it's about why do we ask for money? We ask for money because it's good for you to give money to things that matter because it tells you this matters. This matters. And here's how I know, because I, how many times have you heard someone say, i got to have my coffee. I need my coffee. I need my coffee, right? To the point where, and they need this coffee, so they put this money in, and they know they love coffee. 
their spirit knows it, their mind knows it, their wallet knows it, everyone around them knows that this person needs their coffee, they love their coffee. We need to start telling ourselves we need missions. We need this. It needs to be a priority in your home. Your children need to see that it matters, not that it's just a joke thing or that you kind of throw it away. So, so like, I'm always a big believer. It's like anything that I do it has to be an associated, there's like that, that principle where like it has to cost me something. It has to cost me something or it actually means nothing. Like, and so that's really our principle. We look at it and we go, all right, missions giving at the core of all this is not about the fact that God needs your money to do his business in the kingdom. He doesn't need your money. God will work regardless of whether or not you want to receive a blessing from contributing and, and participating. Because that's how I look at it. It's like, I need to do this. I need to tell myself on a monthly basis that missions is more important than coffee. I can drink my coffee too, but luckily, I'm blessed enough that I'm able to do both. But, but at the end of the day, I need to tell my spirit, the kingdom of God is my priority. And the more ways I can do that, the more detached I become from the things in my life, the less I, can, I suffer. When I look and I'm like, oh, I'm so worried, I'm so worried. It's like, no, we got this, God. So that's what we're doing. So I want to kind of take you guys on a little journey through our missionaries. And so you can see, like, well, why are they talking about money so much? Well, we're talking about money because these amazing people that we're supporting are doing incredible work with it. Basically what we did is we kind of have curated missions based on a couple things. We want to look at reaching the world. We want to look at reaching our college campuses. We believe that's a really important priority, so we put it in its own category in our missions fund. And then we want to reach local, the local community in a range of ways. So we have all our missionaries in there. If you want to check them out, how many guys, raise your book up in the air if you got your little book. If you didn't get a book, go grab one. I encourage you, please look at it because these are the people that we're supporting in our missions fund. We do fund giving because we think it allows us to do a much more, um, tar like, be much more nimble as pastors because we don't expect you to know every person who's calling us and saying, like, hey, I need some help. But I do believe you would want us to be distributing that liberally as we find incredible opportunities to give and to support missionaries. So that's why we do fund giving. So let's look at who we're supporting this year. First, we got Daryl and Sandy Blatchley from Family Circus. They are missionaries in the Philippines. They do incredible missionary work. Thousands of students a week are being fed. Obviously, COVID's challenging for them, but this is, I've personally been to this mission, and it's really incredible. Um, these people are doing some of the most, by the way, look at the hair on Sandy. Just, <laughs> boo! <laughs> Guess the missionary. <laughs> but they're incredible people doing really hard work. We love supporting them. Um, next, we have some incredible missionaries that are new. Mike and Polly Brown, they're doing a bunch of different stuff down in um, Bolivia. But one of the things they're supporting is the deaf community. We think that's a really, really important. Anytime, if you're looking at missions, it's like, how can we support something where people are unreached? In America, as much as we have a ways to go, it's pretty blessed in how we're serving um, many of the communities that have special needs. Um, but around the world, that's not the case. It's not the case. And so many of these people have never heard the gospel just because they're deaf, and we think that's terrible. So we want to partner with them on that. Um, Don and Carol Botera, 
missionaries to, uh, man, he's in this video. Uh, this guy's awesome. <laughs> we have a missionary a video coming up, but um, missionaries to Indonesia doing really great work out there. Food programs, medical outreaches, kids clubs, a bunch of different stuff. It's great. Um, we have Neil and Kathy Vanaria. Now, um, we've been supporting them for many years. They were missionaries to Papua New Guinea. Now they are running a really, I mean, missionary work, this is so innovative. It's like the cutting edge of ministry. That's where missionary work is. If you want to know what the cutting edge, go look at what some missionaries are doing. They're doing missionary work to refugees that are coming, because many of you don't know this, but Italy is one of the centers of refugee in the whole world, really, um, refugees from Africa and around the world. They go there because it's dipping down at the Mediterranean. And so they have created an incredible ministry um, <clears throat> called House of Refuge. It's really centered at helping refugees that are coming to Italy and sharing the gospel with them, many Muslim refugees. It's pretty, pretty incredible what they're doing. Um, and then we support One Hope, a great organization, translation, doing all kinds of awesome stuff. We partner with them directly on a couple of different projects. Um, one of them's working with um, a translation for the blind, which is really great. But I mean, just keep in mind, many people do not have the gospel in their own language. Like we take this for granted to the point where we, we don't even read it, many of us. But many people, if they were to ever get a gospel in their own language, it would actually, it would blow their mind. It would be a life changing experience for them. We want to be a part of that. International Justice Mission, they're basically like an innovative, incredibly important way of dealing with a lot of um, injustice issues around the world. Really, a lot of them centering on human trafficking and child abuse around the world. And they're doing it in a really smart way by dealing with lawyers, policymakers. Um, these issues are systemic. They're not just of going into a place and rescuing one kid. It's about changing the laws that allow these things to happen. That is International Justice Mission. We love them. We think they're a great ministry to support. Of course, we have all our campus ministries that we're supporting as well. But we wanted to give you guys an opportunity before we get into all that stuff. Um, sorry, I, that confused me a little, Shane. <laughs> we're good now. I'm good. I'm back. <laughs> so we got missionaries into, just yeah, go to the next one. Yeah, um, missionaries for Chi Alpha, for um, Eugene and Lynn Brenbark, which we're going to hear from in this video. They are up in Boston University. Great, great, great ministry people. InterVarsity Christian, they've actually planted, we've partnered with them to do a campus plant at Dean College right now. Um, I, got a, I was talking to our missionary last week, and she was telling us how last week in one of their meetings, well, um, a kid actually accepted Jesus Christ for the first time. So that's really great. And that's because you guys have par par planned that. And we're excited about that. Um, local missions, we're working with Barnabas Ministries, which is a ministry to pastors. Um, accountability, support, something that they really need. We are also working with Church Planners Initiative. Um, and this is through our Southern New England Ministry Network to plant more churches. Um, I think they have this in each of the different um, districts, but ours, we're supporting New England church plants, and we're, I think it's a great thing, really awesome. And then, of course, we are working with Teen Challenge. Many of you guys know there's a, know about Teen Challenge. Well, we're working with our local chapter. Teen Challenge is a ministry to people who are in addiction. They need a live-in program. That's what Teen Challenge is. It's a Christ-centered, so we love partnering with them. And then... 
Of course, CNE, the Happy Place, we're going to hear about that in detail, but this fund is going to support the Happy Place and to support CNE, Room in the City, all the things that we're doing at Compassion New England. We just, we're so blessed, guys, because like we don't even need to leave our own church to see incredible missions work happening. Um, but we don't want to just make it about us. So the reason why we do this is because we want you to, of course, support what we do at this church, but we really want you to see that this is bigger than our church as well. We have a goal of raising $75,000 this year for missions. That's our goal this year. We believe that is incredibly important. I want you to be keeping that number in your mind and praying about what you can do for monthly support to support missions. But while you're thinking about that, I want you to hear from some of the people who've been impacted by your giving last year and who are going to continue to be impacted by your giving. These are our missionaries from all around the world, and they are going to tell you what they are doing, and they're incredible. So let's check them out. Hi, friends of Bethany Community Church. This is Daryl, and here in the Philippines, we're still under lockdown. So that means we've got to wear our face mask around town. And of course, if that doesn't work, we've got other face masks we can wear. And it's been a crazy year, but it's okay. Um, God is at work. We continue to visit uh, the families of the children out where they live, taking thousands of meals. And uh, we've been doing it all year. Uh, lockdown was a little bit slower because obviously we were under lockdown. But on Family Circus Children's Property, we continued construction. You can hear it a little bit in the back. Probably makes a bit of noise. But... The tent was destroyed because of the 14 years of constant use and, and the weather. And, and now we're building a two-floor uh, concrete gym so that we can have even more room because we believe as soon as this restriction is left, because children can't come to church now. For almost a year, they've been restricted from coming to church. And the families are saying, when, when, when? And of course, we can't tell them when, but we know that it will happen, and when it does, we just believe God's going to send in more and more children. Sandy's been able to do ministry out of the prison, even using videos and and also sending food and, and gifts and stuff to talk to them. And I, when I mean videos, she's been able to talk to them, like through podcasts and that kind of stuff at the prison. And uh, God's opened doors phenomenally. I want to say thank you for your faithfulness and supporting us, and uh, both Sandy and I are very, very grateful. God bless you all. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye. Hi, Bethany Community Church. We are Mike and Polly Brown, along with our kids Genevieve and Jonah. We have the privilege of serving as missionaries in Bolivia, where we have a desire to see those often marginalized and outcast by society have an opportunity to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. We just want to share with you briefly what that looks like in real terms for us in ministry. For the deaf of Bolivia, that looks like bringing the gospel to them in their heart language. We were in the middle of the jungle one time when a pastor approached us asking for some advice because he has a son who's deaf in his early 20s and had his son had never been to school and they had no ability to communicate with him and they just did not know what to do with him. And I asked that pastor, does your son know Jesus? And he said, no, a pastor's son who doesn't know Jesus just because he's deaf. And the reality is there are so many deaf throughout Latin America who don't know Jesus, not because they can't hear, but because so few have brought the gospel to them in their language. For at-risk kids, youth, and their families in Bolivia, that may look like childhood. 
which is a sponsorship ministry that we work with in Bolivia, where kids have access to education, food, other needs can be met, but most important of all, an opportunity for them to hear the good news of Jesus or partnership with our friends near the local city dump where they have planted a church for kids and around 150 kids show up on Sunday mornings and now they want to open another church in another community near the dump that we have an opportunity to partner with them in planting. We just want to say we are so grateful for your prayers and your partnership um, as you go with us on this journey to reach the people of Bolivia. Thank you. God bless. Hi, I'm Gene Breitenbach, and this is my wife, Lynn, and we are your Chi Alpha Campus Missionaries to Boston University. First, I'd like to thank you for being part of our missions team here. Because of your prayer and support, we're able to touch students even in this present moment. BU is literally a crossroads. We have students from every state in the country, in addition to almost every country in the world being represented here. Okay, so this doesn't look like a crossroads at the moment. Just like you, we're having to deal with COVID. Half of our 32,000 students are um, spread throughout the world, taking all their classes remotely. For the rest who are here, they take their classes mostly in their resident hall rooms and then use the laboratories and other facilities here on campus to do the things that they couldn't do back home but most of the campus looks a little bit like a desert these days. But we are still ministering to students all online. In fact, we're ministering to students from all over the United States, California, Texas, Illinois, and from all over the world. We have students joining our meetings from East India, China, and just recently a student from Ghana. All of this online. So we could use your prayers as we try to find creative ways to make contact with students. We are really looking forward to next fall when it looks like we'll have students filling these rooms outside on the sidewalks and, and really easy to make contact with. But this semester we are still trying to expand the kingdom of God, expand our reach. So again, thank you so much for being part of the team. We look forward to staying in contact as much as possible. Hi, this is Don Butera from Indonesia. Uh, we, Carol and I have been missionaries here now for about 10 years, and we've seen some amazing things. As you know, this last year for everyone has been quite difficult, but actually for us, God has actually opened some very interesting doors. As soon as this uh, pandemic hit, there's some really poor uh, villages, and so there's this one village that we have been just blessing, and over this year, oh, we've helped about 600 families. And last September, uh, during this time, they were so, I guess, blessed by how we have just loved them and done medical clinics and helped them anyway. They actually called us up and said, please come and tell and pray with us and tell us about your God. And so that's been amazing. We went up there and now we've seen, oh, several families come to Jesus. We're getting ready to baptize them. And so that's been an amazing part of our year. Even though it's been difficult, trust me, it's been really hard. Uh, uh, but at the same time, we've seen fruit. Uh, recently, over the last, say, two months, I've baptized uh, at least six people of uh, another religion. Let's just say it that way. Uh, it's been amazing. God moved on their hearts, and now they're on fire for Jesus. 
Starting this past January, we were able to start a school of ministry. We started with uh, 15, I think now we're up to 20 uh, young people who we're teaching and training to go out and to start house churches. So God is moving. Thank you for your support. Thank you for everything you do. Keep praying. Go tell someone about Jesus. There's nothing better to do than that. And when you see someone come to Jesus, it's the best thing in the world. God bless you. Have a great day. Greetings. We're Neil and Kathy Vonaria. Most people who know us know us from our years in Papua New Guinea. We moved there to the rain jungle in 1988 and spent uh, our time learning the language, reducing it to writing, and translating the New Testament into their language. In 2013, we celebrated the arrival and distribution of the New Testament among the people. During those years working in a remote tribal setting, we experienced firsthand the power of the Word of God to transform the lives of individuals, communities, and and even even a culture. So in 2015, it was the height of the refugee crisis, and there was a tremendous need for English-speaking workers in Sicily. Sicily's the southernmost tip of Europe, and it's the landing point for tens of thousands of refugees coming from uh, Asia and from Africa. Within a year, we were there in Sicily. We were working in the city of Maneo, just outside of uh, Europe's largest refugee camp. And we opened a ministry there called Casa di Refugio, which means House of Refuge. We opened the ministry center for Bible studies, sewing classes, and recreational activities to create a home away from home for our friends living in the camp. We talk with them about their stories. We seek a way to serve them. We assist them with with Italian translation and point friends to Jesus as we study scripture together. Our role is simply to remind them of this truth. Despite the horrors they have witnessed, they are seen, known, and loved by God. Though people were coming from many different nations and lands, uh, God has a solution for every language barrier. We gave each person who came to Casa di Refugio a small SD card containing the Jesus film, the Bible in their own language, and Christian music, all of this in their mother tongue. We began to share these uh, SD cards with other Christian workers and more than 9,000, together more than 9,000 copies of the scripture were distributed throughout Sicily and in Northern Africa. In 2018, we opened a second Casa di Refugio in the central Sicilian city of Caltanissetta, a city known for its large Islamic population. Then in 2019, when the Italian government closed the Maneo camp, we shifted all our efforts to the Caltanissetta location. As followers of Jesus, we serve our Muslim friends by teaching Italian, providing children's activities, shower and laundry facilities, and food for those who are in need. Again, through our friendship and prayer and sharing of the scriptures, we point to Jesus, who alone is our savior and our hope. Much of the world is closed to the gospel, but at this time, the Lord has chosen to create an incredible door of opportunity by bringing people from lands where we cannot speak freely about the name of Jesus to our very doorstep in Europe. Our prayer is that God's people will rise and join us in this hour when we have an opportunity to share the love of the Lord and that work together with us and pray together with us to launch the next generation into the harvest.
hand, guys. So awesome. Um, just as a just to keep in mind, at the end of service, any of you, we we love you guys to be able to give via the app or the website. We do have little cards. If you need one, you can raise your hand, and they would give you a, a giving card, a pledge card. Um, but I would love to bring up one of our friends, one of our missionaries, Rob Malcolm. He's a missionary to Yale University with Chi Alpha, and and we're going to hear a little bit about what it's like to do campus missions uh, in New England. Come on up, Rob. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So I can hear that southern accent. Yeah, I'm from Arkansas. No. <laughs> I'm actually Scottish. My wife's American. Very good. Our kids are Scottish American. I'm Scotch Irish. Oh, that's American. okay. You're Scottish. That's yeah. fine. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so you're a missionary with Chi Alpha to Yale University. As we all know, about 90% Christian there. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, New England campuses are not known for being bastions of faith, are they? No. No. But, but we believe incredibly important cultural centers, really important. Why don't you tell everybody about what is it like to do ministry on the campuses of New England? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the context is, I think so often as the church, we, we put like a wall around university campuses and we say it's too hard. Uh, we, don't, we just want to ignore them. And as you say, it's not, yeah, it's not 90% Christian. In the last survey at Yale, 90% of students at Yale would describe themselves as liberal or very liberal. Um, about 10% would describe themselves as anything else. So it can seem scary to, to, to work in that environment. But um, God has called us to be salt and light and truth in that community uh, where the, whether we like it or not, these students are going to influence our lives. I mean, that again, I'll say that again. Whether we like it or not, they're going to graduate and they're going to influence you and me because they're going to become the people who decide what our kids will be taught in school. They become the people who will be our top politicians, business people, medics. Yale's an important place? <laughs> Just a little bit. So, um, so the opportunity that is there, you know, I want to see a student walk across Yale's graduation line who loves Jesus. And their worldview, their ideology, their belief is shaped by Jesus and not by their peers or their professors. And that is who God has called us to be salt and light and truth to, is these students. So you're on campus. What are, what are some of the ways you're seeing God impact students' lives on the Yale campus? Yeah, it's been amazing. In the COVID year, we have not had an in-person live service since March 2020. We have not been able to disciple our leaders in a year, but God. We have trained up more first years to be leaders this year than we've ever done before. But God, we have the largest group of student leaders for the coming year than we've ever seen. So the opportunity is there. And these students are defining their own truth. And our opportunity is to say, here is truth that saves. Because your truth is going to give you anxiety, it's going to make you sad, and it's going to depress you eventually. But we can give you the truth of Jesus that transcends the truth that you think is important. Um, so how can people pray for you guys specifically down at Yale mm. over the next coming 18 months? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, in the 1800s, there were 13 named revivals on Yale's campus, distinct times of revival. And the campus, they would describe it as more dark than today. 
even though we may not think so, they, it was described as more dark. So the prayer is simply, would you join us in praying for revival at one of the most important campuses in the nation and the world? Because God's done it before, and we believe he can do it again. Because when those students go out, they will change the world for Jesus when they are captured by his gospel. Many people don't know this. New England has the largest concentration of international students in the world. If you want to know how to reach, especially the world that is close to the gospel, China, the Muslim world, places like that, reach Ivy League schools. This will, when they head back into their, um, where they're from and they bring the gospel with them, they will also be bringing the leadership, the pedigree, all the things that come with going to these universities. And, and we really believe in that. Um, we see it happening in universities, not just at Yale. God is moving around. Um, I mean, let's, God is not going to be shown up by anybody. No, 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 so, no. So, so we love that God wants to work in campuses. We don't want to abandon the campuses. We believe they're important places, um, and we believe this is one of the centers of culture, and so we believe Jesus wants to be there. So anyway, thank you so much for what you do. And give him a hand, guys. He's awesome. We would be remiss if we didn't bring up um, our Compassion New England director, who's in charge of everything we do locally. Um, she's going to tell us about what our church is doing um, to reach the world in our in Boston and Mattapan and Minden, everywhere. So come on. This is Pastor Sherry McCutcheon. So I have a unique role, and that is that um, the Lord, when I was a little girl, I think he made me specifically good at this thing that I do, which is making money to make a difference. Um, we do something really different here at Compassion New England, and that is, you know, we, we know that we cannot strategize enough to serve the world missions and local missions by just saying, can you please budget more out of your, out of your pocket? And so instead, we figured out that we could partner with you and our community to say, bring us your stuff. We'll organize it in a pretty way. We'll bring it in, won't we, Donna? We'll bring it in, we'll clean it, we'll get it ready to go out. Verna will price it. Elise will go to Beacon Hill. She will sell it. Uh, Marilyn will, you know, tell the entire world what an awesome place it is with her Instagram stories. How many of you just want to buy everything when she's doing that, right? Shana will supervise and manage um, the warehouse team and the crisis center. Christy will do big things to make it beautiful. If you haven't been to the Blessing Barns, they're all pretty. But the goal is to be Jesus in our community. When we serve our community, we're doing it understanding that we have a unique role and that is to be in the marketplace daily. How exciting is that? So if somebody walks in the door at Compassion New England, any of our locations, the home store is where we do all of our receiving of the product. 
that comes in. And then we distribute it in the Mattapan store, the Beacon Hill store, the home store, and soon to be the Norfolk store. And we do our very, very best when people come in to explain to them how they are partnering to be difference makers. And I will say to them, do you know what we do here? Well, we're so excited you're here because we want to tell you that because you're shopping here, we're able to make a difference in the following areas. Number one, we're able to make a difference by serving folks at crisis centers in Mattapan and in the Milford, Blackstone Valley area. We listen to stories. We respond to needs. We do it uh, monetarily. We do it with products. We do it sometimes by being the person who's listening. And that's what we do with crisis care. The second thing we do, and it's such a big thing, is the happy place. The happy place serves families that um, have uh, students and adults with special needs, and we do it through camps and clubs, and we do it here on Sunday morning um, so that uh, families that want to attend church can come to church and do so knowing that there is a program specifically designed for them. During the week, and we've added to this with COVID, we're able to provide camps and clubs that say, you know what? We're going to provide fun and fellowship. And fun and fellowship matters to everybody. Fun and fellowship matters no matter what situation you are in life. It gives families an opportunity to hang out uh, with their family members that are not special needs and to get things done that need to be done. And the church needs to be doing the business of serving families with special needs. Do you agree with that? And if you want to give to camps and clubs, I can tell you that's a good thing to do. The last thing I want to let you know that we do is um, something called Room in the City. And Room in the City is a place for families who have been impacted by medical uh, emergencies in uh, the Boston area hospitals. I would love to see this everywhere, everywhere that has hospitals, because the church should be doing good things no matter where they are. So I'm going to let you hear um, from someone who was able to take advantage of the room in the city. Hi, my name is Clarissa, and my mom and I have been staying with Room in the City for the past couple weeks now. Back in December, my mom learned that her aggressive lymphoma had come back again, and um, her doctors at Mass General gave her the green light to start an immunotherapy treatment. Um, but they told us that we would have to stay local to the hospital during her treatment and during her aftercare phase. And it really just left my mom and I scrambling, trying to figure out how would we afford housing in the city? How would we even find housing in the city? And that's when our social worker at our hospital back home told us about Compassion New England and um, Room in the City. And we found out we qualified. And I just wanted to thank Compassion New England for such a wonderful gift that was given to my mom and I. Uh, Room in the City has just been something that took a very stressful time in our life and made things a little bit easier for us. It was one less thing to worry about um, 
it's just been so wonderful to have a comfortable place to stay while my mom goes back and forth from the hospital and I am able to take care of her here and you know it's always hard being away from home but this has been a home away from home for us while we've been in the city and we will always be forever grateful to Compassion New England for what they have given us and I hope to see the gift uh, to be continuously given to to other families down the road who are going through the same struggle and it's just such a wonderful thing to have a little bit of light in a dark time and um, my mom and I will just forever be grateful for this this beautiful gift so thank you so much Compassion New England. I cannot tell you how grateful I am for the people who work with us, Megan Petty, who runs the Happy Place, and all of the team that makes a difference. And I want to say that um, today is the last day we have um, Abby Henderson with us. She's going back to Ohio, and we're going to be so sad to see her go, but Abby has been filling in the gaps no matter where we've had gaps, and make sure that um, you guys let her know that she's made a difference during her time here, and she will always be family to us. I want to say thank you for all that you give. Um, your, your support of the Blessing Barn has been the vehicle that we've used. You know, last year, I think we gave over $500,000 back to our community because of you guys. That's a big, that's a big thing, and you guys need to understand that when you walk in the door, whether you are a volunteer, which by the way, very few members of our, of our church family do volunteer at the barn, so it would be a great idea for you to join us there. It's dirty work, so you need to wear dirty clothes. Um, you can help me plunge toilets on Saturday. You can help us drag things in, right guys? You can help us just wear your dirty clothes and come prepared to, you know, you, to, to do hard things. When you do that, you make a difference. Thank you guys so much. Be the church. So now's the time where we're going to drive this home and ask for your money. And um, I think that's maybe the cynical way to look at it. I think the, the Christian way to look at it is now's the time we get an opportunity to, um, to really tell our hearts and our minds that I take this seriously, that the kingdom of God moving forward matters to me. So um, we really want to give you guys, just the heart of the pastors of this church is like, we want to see God set every part of your life free. And I know for a fact that financial bondage is one of the number one issues that Americans deal with. We're, we're crazy in debt. Many of us are barely making ends meet. We understand that. And one of the things we want to help with is giving you opportunities to set yourself free. That's how I look at it. It's like people that are setting their priorities around the things of God. Um, I'm telling you, change the way you think about your money. And God will start to change the situation for you. And it doesn't mean you're going to become rich. That's what, Don't listen to anyone who says that. <laughs> but I will say, you will cha it will change you. It will change the way you feel. It'll change your relationship with God. And what you know what's really important that it will change? When you see these missionary videos, you're not going to go like this. 
next year when Go 2022 rolls around, if you are a person that gave, you're not going to go, oh, they're going to ask for my money again. You're going to say, I can't wait for next year because I cannot wait to hear what God did through me. You're partnering with these people. It's much easier, by the way, and cheaper, to donate to a fund than it is to become a missionary. So I don't believe God is calling many of us in this room to go to Italy or to go to Yale campus, those things. But I do believe God is calling everyone in this room to participate in missions and what God is doing around the world, whether it be translating the Bible, setting people free from human trafficking, making sure the next generation of leaders in our American campuses knows Jesus. Why would God not ask you to participate in that? And why would you not want to? So today is the opportunity. You get to become a full-time minister, contributing. So, um, of course, we have these awesome ways of giving. Um, this is the best way to sign up and give is how you can sign up to do a repeat gift. We kind of broke it into a couple of different ways of doing it, but you can really contribute any way you want. But just to make it easy, 25, 50, 75, 100 monthly pledge. We're asking for a monthly pledge because our goal is to raise $75,000 for missions. I'm telling you, none of this money is going to anything but the things that we told you about today. So we're not raising this money and skimming anything off the top. Nothing like that. We just believe, we just want to be a church that has this priority because we think it's God's priority. So we love it. Head over to that website, sign up to give a monthly gift and it will just happen and it will be easy for you. If you're a person that's like, I refuse to use websites um, or you just think it's easier to use a piece of paper, we have paper for you. So raise your hand if you're like, hey, can you just give me a piece of paper? I'd like to sign up, but I'd rather do it on there. It's totally fine. Raise your hand, and we will just hand this out so that they're out there. They're going to start walking around the room. So I want to see, does anybody need, anybody need one? Just raise your hand high if you need one. If not, then raise your cell phone high and start getting ready to give right now. So I'm going to have Pastor come up, and he's going to pray for us. And, and he's going to pray because I do believe, like, it's great for you to give to missions. It's awesome. I always say this. God doesn't need your money. So at the end of the day, whatever we give to missions is going to be enough. You know? I do believe, though, that this is a spiritual, it's like a discipleship thing, and it's very private and personal, and so we respect that. So, you know, we would never ask anyone to do anything that they haven't committed before the Lord to do, and so we want to pray about that, um, Pastor. Before I pray, just uh, I want to make this point. The reason we ask you to really prayerfully consider giving to the overall missions program is because there you kind of loosen the hands of the leaders to bless people that it's hard to keep you apprised of all that they're doing. What the Venaris are doing in Italy or uh, the other couple that uh, in uh, doing Bolivia. And there's just these things that are happening all the time. We want to be able to respond. I, I, my goal, uh, Pastor Jay, is to get this missions fund built up so much that we can if we find out there's a need that they need $20,000 or even if Compassion New England needed $20,000, we would have it. We would have it available that we could release it to them. And so that's why we, we, we want you to help us really get our missions fund built up where it needs to be so we can bless people that you don't have the time to know all about all that they're doing all over the world. 
And so thank you for hearing me out on that and just prayerfully consider and obey the Lord. That's all we ask you to do. Father, you said in your word that you love a cheerful giver. And so, Lord, I pray that, first of all, you would fill everybody's heart with joy. I pray, God, that you would just just let us receive a joyful burden of participation in the gospel. What a privilege it is to get to participate in the carrying of the good news. And we talked today about dangerous ideologies and ideologies that are not working and they're leading people into bondage. And we have something better than an ideology. We have a person. We have a Savior. We have a Savior who died on the cross and who rose and who sits at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for, for us according to your will. And we want to introduce everyone in the world to that Savior. So God, just bless this offering and bless this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for participating in what we do here. We're so grateful. Give yourselves a hand, guys. I just love it. God is doing awesome stuff in the world, and it's always great to see that. Like I said, there's a bunch of different ways. Just go to this website or go to the app, and um, we're going to be doing monthly missions focuses, so we're going to just keep asking you for your money for the whole year. So anyone that just disobeyed God today, you have a bunch of more opportunities to obey him. But we do want to have this focus, and we want you. We want to com- do a, uh, just have a commitment to get you more connected to some of our missionaries. And so we got some stuff planned, and we're really excited about that. Missions is a all year priority. It's not a Sunday priority at this church. It's every year, or it's all year. It's really every day. It really matters. So thank you so much for participating. If you have, if you want to just drop a check off, and you want to just give in that way, we do have people in the back who you can just make a one-time gift for missions. Just make sure that you write go on it. Um, and we ask that you would do that in the back. If not, you can do it really anytime you want. Um, so we're going to dismiss everybody today, but I just wanted to just thank you one more time. You guys are an awesome church. You have unleashed us to do things for the world that we could have never dreamed of. So you guys are the best. So anyway, we're going to dismiss. God, give everybody an awesome day. Thank you for their gifts. I pray they will be blessed and that they will be filled with the joy of the Lord today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.